Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the 17th lesson in this What Faith Is series. And um, we're going to go ahead and turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. I'm going to read verse 1 from the 20th century translation. I'm only going to get the first part of the verse. I'll get the second part of the verse in just a little bit. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for. All the things that we pray for, our faith is the title. It holds title to what we pray for. It is not the thing that we pray for. It is an invisible grip on that thing that we pray for. Now, you need to know this. There's a passage of time between the release of faith and the manifestation of faith's answer. You know, it, it's that way in all of our walk with God. There's a passage of time of when you become a child of God. You become a child of God the moment that you're born again. But the Bible says it does not yet appear what we shall be. There is coming a time when we see Jesus and He resurrects us and gives us a brand new glorified body like His body. There are people who died very soon after Jesus. There were a number of people in the next decade after Christ died on the cross, was raised from the dead, who believed on Him, who were martyred for their faith. Those people have been waiting for 2,000 years for the closure of what they received when they believed on Christ. That, now I'm not saying they're in torments, they're not. They're in heaven, they're with the Lord, they're full of joy. But they're not yet complete. They have a spirit and a soul, but they have not yet been reunited with a resurrection body. And the Bible tells us that they very much want to have that resurrection body. They, they have this sense that it's not complete yet until they get that resurrection body. That's going to happen according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can read all about it there. So there is a time frame between when we receive something inwardly and when that thing is manifested outwardly. And in the case of uh, Stephen and others like him, that, that we've talked about uh, over a thousand years has passed since they first received it, yet they do not yet have the manifestation of everything thereafter. The manifestation of the completion of our relationship with Christ is a brand new body that will never ever die. Now, that's the ultimate prize of faith. But we come up against little things all the time. We ask God for smaller things, much smaller, much less significant things. Can I tell you this, though? Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that because God is busy with running a world and doing things around the world that he doesn't have time for your small things. When I hear people say that, I say, you're insulting the Lord. I know you don't mean to, but you're insulting him. And here's why. God is omniscient, meaning that he can think the tiniest details when a major thing is going on somewhere else. God is not distracted by the, the, the major thing. He is not distracted from your prayer over something small. That's the omnipotence, the omnipresence, and the omniscience of our Lord. God has time for the details. Oh, man. I, I'll tell you a little story. I, I wanted uh, a, a buffalo collection. I had a little little tiny buffalo that I collected and put on my bookends and all that. And, and one day I was in an antique store looking for a, a bison like that. And, 
And, and, and suddenly this guilt came over me. You could spend this money on missions. Well, let me tell you something, and I'm not bragging, but my wife and I give generously to missions, and we always have. We give a significant portion of our income to missions, and we've always been generous that way. And I thought, you know, should I spend every extra penny I've got? But the Lord just put it in my heart. I have blessed you enough that you can have your buffalo and still support missions too. I, I just felt blessed that God put that in my heart, but, but that's not the end of the story. God did something amazing about a week later. A guy knocked on the door of our speaker's room and came in with a big box, and in it was a bison skull from a friend of his in Wyoming. I opened up the box, read the letter, and the man said, I wanted you to have this because God put it in my heart you were supposed to. This is my most prized buffalo skull. I find them all over the place in Wyoming on the plains, but this one is 500 years old. I still have that skull. It is on my bookshelf right over there. And I, I, it was God speaking to me saying, I care about even the small things in your life. So if, if you're tempted to think that God doesn't care about the smaller things in your life, quit thinking like that. Because God is big enough and His mind is great enough and has enough capacity to handle all the little things in life. All right? He is. He is able to hear your small concerns. All right, now, it takes no faith at all to hold an answer once the answer has come. You don't need faith for that. Faith enables us to embrace an answer that we haven't seen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Williams translation says this, it is the proof of the reality of things we do not see. All right, let me, I'm going to do the whole verse. First half of the verse is 20th century New Testament. Second half is the Williams translation. Now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of the reality of things we do not see. So we need faith to embrace things that are not yet seen. Once they are seen, you don't need faith. Our prayers, though, do secure answers we cannot yet see. Now, when you secure an answer in prayer that you cannot yet see, but you really released your faith for it, there's something that develops in your heart, and we call that assurance. You have an assurance. The first assurance that you get is you have the assurance of salvation. I remember when I got the assurance of salvation, I would like to say I received it the night that I received Christ, but I didn't. It came about a week or two later. But I, I really began to see, I'm saved. I'm saved whether I feel like it or not. You couldn't beat this out of me. I am saved. I know I'm saved. I'm fully convinced of it. I have the assurance of salvation. Is knowing something on the inside that may not be obvious on the outside. That's what assurance is for. Now, between the time that you pray and the time that you actually have, you are in a period called the fight of faith. What are you fighting for? You are not fighting to get something. When you pray, you got your answer. You received the title deed to your answer. So you're not fighting to get something. The fight of faith, the good fight of faith, is not a fight to get. It is a fight to keep. And there is a difference between getting and keeping. 
You need to see yourself as having, and the devil wants you to frame this as you are trying to get it. He will tell you, you're not going to get it. You do not have it. You're not going to get it. The reason that he uses that angle is because he doesn't want to admit that he is trying to rob you of what you received from God. He would never say, I'm trying to take what God gave you when you prayed. Well, if he said it like that and you thought about it like that, then you would immediately know this is a thief who's coming to steal from you. So when we pray in faith, we receive, we get a title deed, we get assurance that God heard us pray. Now we are hanging on to that assurance and hanging with our faith because we are going to keep what he gave us. That's the difference between faith and hope. Now, I can show you where this appears in the Bible. It is in the story of Abraham, Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5. God said to Abraham, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Now listen to this. For I have made you a father of many nations. God didn't say you're going to become a father of many nations. Now he did say that for a long time, but in Genesis 17, 5, he changed it. And he said, I have made you a father of many nations. The apostle Paul describes what God did in this manner. He said in Romans 4, 17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's how God changes the world. That's how he changes your life. That's how he answers your prayers. He calls those things which be not as though they were. And that's what he did with Abraham. Now, God knew that Abraham would need to have a faith tool during the intervening time between when he received the promise and the answer and the time that the baby Isaac was born. God gave him something. And God knew that if Abraham didn't fill his heart with something and fill his mouth with something, he's going to lose his faith. He's going to be weak in faith. You know, it's like a, a jug. Uh, that jug, if it's empty, it's full of air. And you don't look at the jug and say, man, I can't, I can't let air get into this jug. There's a way to get all the air out of the jug. You can do it in a heartbeat. Just fill that jug with water. And when you fill the jug with water, guess what? There's no air in the jug. You, you have given it something else. It's what God did with Abraham. God filled Abraham's jug with faith. And here's what he did. Genesis 17, 5. I'm going to read it again, but this time I'm going to emphasize something totally different. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. So when God said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations, God changed his vocabulary. God gave him something new to say. Now the word Abram means exalted father. And that name could apply to any number of tribal chieftains in the Middle East. There were loads of men who had a number of children, and they could be known as exalted father. They were important tribal leaders. That's exalted father. But what God had for Abraham was way different. God called him Abraham. He added the fifth letter, the hey. 
in the Hebrew alphabet. The number of grace is five. God added a special grace to Abraham, and he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, and it means the father of a multitude of nations. Now, there's only one way for that to come to pass, and that is for Abraham's descendant, the Messiah, to come and make it possible for anyone who believes on him to become part of the family of Abraham. And that's why Abraham has children in every nation on earth. This is amazing. Abraham has children in China, in Russia, in Peru, in Argentina. He has children all over Africa. He has children in Europe. He has children in Canada, U.S., and Mexico, all of the South Pacific islands. He has children everywhere. He has children in nations that do not accept him. But Abraham is the father of a multitude of nations. God said so. Sarai means princely. One translation says, my princess. I, I called my daughters things like that, but they were not princesses, not to everybody else. But when God said her name is Sarah, now all of a sudden she's not just daddy's little princess. She is everybody's princess. She is now the mother of nations. Now why did God do this? He did this because he knew they needed to have strong faith. And you cannot have strong faith unless you are saying something. Mm. you got to say something to have strong faith. And so every day God gave Abraham words, simple, Abraham. He gave Sarai words, Sarah. They had words to speak that strengthened their faith. When they called each other by those new names, they were saying, we are in agreement with what God has said about us. I am a father of many nations. And it happened. They had a rope of faith on that answer. And they pulled that rope into reality because they never let go of that promise. Well, that is all the time I have today. Hey, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you hadn't done it already. And go to MyFaithRoots.com. Look at our website there. And sign up for the free email devotion that comes to your house every morning along with this podcast. Love for you to have that. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks.